When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live on tape from the Ed Sullivan Theater in New York City, it's Stephen Welcome, one and all, to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert, and happy, happy... You feel that, John? Yeah, I feel it. That, what would you call that? That's a Friday audience. That is a Friday audience. There's a certain je ne sais quoi. Yeah, je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. Holidays are right around the corner, which means down in uh, Washington, D.C., it's time for both parties to put aside their differences, reach across the aisle for a common cause, Murdering a pine tree. <laughs> Capital Christmas tree went up this week, and it isn't any ordinary conifer. No, it is eight stories high, and the U.S. Forest Service has named it Sugar Bear. Oh my of course, it's traditional for holiday trees to be named after 1970s pimps. <laughs> Last year, my family opened presents under a blue spruce named Big King Rooster. <laughs> Let's check out this bad boy. That is beautiful. There it stands at the Capitol, the same hollow ground where America's racist uncles gathered to shimmy down the chimney and <laughs> pinch out a sugar plum on Nancy Pelosi's desk. <laughs> but as we all know, the most important moment of any Christmas tree lighting ceremony is the awkward lead-up to flipping the switch. Now we're counting from five. Five, four, three, two, one. Yay! Oh, that's fun. <laughs> it was kind of hard to tell if that was a countdown about the tree or Biden's poll numbers. <laughs> but that's that. Oh, I know. Sometimes jokes are sad. <laughs> but you have, to fa- you have to face it. Then it gets funny. <laughs> but that's not the only festive fire hazard in D.C. Yesterday, the White House held the National Christmas Tree Lighting, which featured special guests Chris Stapleton, Kristen Chenoweth, and Billy Porter. Though it was a little awkward when Billy Porter showed up wearing the exact same outfit as the tree. (laughs) What can I say? Billy wore it better. (laughs) Now, this, this year... (laughs) Billy Porter fans. Billy Porter fans. This this year... I love this. This year is actually the 99th National Christmas Tree Lighting. Here's a photo of the first one way back in 1923. And, oh, hey, look! There's Joe Biden! <laughs> he looks good. He looks good. He looks fantastic. He was there. He was there. He was there. <laughs> of course, tonight is also the sixth night of Hanukkah. And this week at the White House, President Biden and Vice President Harris hosted a family Hanukkah celebration. And it was particularly special 
because it included the first Jewish spouse of a vice president, second gentleman, and dad about to hand the waiter his clean plate and playfully say, We hated it. <laughs> Doug Emhoff. Emhoff. Sure, give it up for Emhoff. Oh. Big, big Doug heads here. They dig Doug. Emhoff celebrated by lighting the menorah with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Schumer almost didn't make it to the ceremony because he first had to get permission from Joe Manchin. Speaking of, yeah, again, sometimes jokes are sad. <laughs> Speaking of things that last longer than you expected, the pandemic. <laughs> this last week, we learned there's a new version of the coronavirus, which is bad, but there's also a new version of Taylor Swift's All Too Well, which is good and almost as catchy. <laughs> but now, something has happened that has shaken me to my core. And after 20 months of pandemic, I barely have a core left. We just learned that a big retailer, Dollar Tree, is bumping up their prices to $1.25 for most items. Hey, dollar is right in the name of the store. I haven't been this upset since I found out that Panda Express does not serve real panda. I think, I think it's Tofanda. This is not a rash decision, though. Dollar Tree tested the new prices and found that 91% of customers said they would continue to shop there despite the price change. Sure, but is that 91% out of 100 or out of 125? Because apparently numbers don't mean anything anymore to you animals. Yeah, what they doing, man? There have to be rules. I can't even get a bag of salt peanuts. Listen to how upset I am. (laughs) This is my upset voice. (laughs) Of course, Dollar Tree isn't the only retailer feeling the pinch this year. I'll tell you the latest on the ongoing supply chain crisis in tonight's Cargo Unchained... Booze edition. Bartender, I'll have another of anything. The latest supply chain snafu is hitting the beverage industry, where there is a growing alcohol shortage, including high-end rums, cognacs, and tequila. Wait, is no tequila? Well, time to update the song. Hit it. It was a long walk to the well. But it was worth it. But there was water in there. There was water in there. Long walk, long walk. But wait, there's less. (laughs) There's also shortages of wine, which explains... I feel the same way. Which explains your suburban mom's new T-shirt, Don't Talk to Mommy Until Someone Has Resolved the Kinks in the Global Supply Chain. (laughs) It's been nearly 11 months, 11 months, since the Capitol insurrection. And the justice keeps hitting the fan. And I'll tell you the latest in tonight's seditionist roundup roundup. It would behoove these asses to pony up for a lawyer. Tonight in the Ring of Wrong, we've got Oath Keeper and actor James Beeks, seen here showing his range from banker cowboy to cowboy banker. Beeks was arrested last week for allegedly attempting to break through a line of police officers guarding the Senate chamber. But it turns out he's not just a threat. He's a triple threat. Because until his arrest, he was playing Judas in the touring production of Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical Jesus Christ Superstar. A Broadway performer was at the insurrection? 
That explains why he was giving notes to the other rioters. No, no, no. When you scream, hang Mike Pence, you do it from the diaphragm. Ah. Not, hang Mike Pence, it's hang Mike Pence. <laughs> but investigators finally found Beeks after attending two performances of Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> really? Two performances? Come on, FBI. Just admit you like a good musical. Uh, I think we need to go back tomorrow night to buy a T-shirt. I mean, ID the perp. Do you think he would sign my playbill? I mean, subpoena. <laughs> this week, Beeks was in court, and he got himself in hot water when he told the judge that he had divine authority and argued the government had no jurisdiction over him. Divine authority? Does he think he is his character from Jesus Christ Superstar? <laughs> God, I wish he'd been in Cats. Your Honor, this is not a jellical court. So it has no authority over jellical cats. I rest my case. Meow. I said meow, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the judge must have been a fan, because Beeks was released under strict conditions including that he observe a curfew and wear a GPS tracking device. So get ready to see James Beek star in Joseph and the amazing Technicolor ankle monitor. <laughs> but even though... <laughs> oh, I forgot. I forgot about the ankle lock. Now I'm going to bring it home. Even though he's not going to be a touring Broadway artist anymore, Beeks has another career to fall back on because his YouTube page also lists him as one of the top Michael Jackson tribute artists in the U.S. It makes sense, because this guy is bad. <laughs> and he clearly want to be starting something. But he's no smooth criminal, because we all remember the time Biden won the election, but Beeks tried to beat it and left Capitol maintenance having to clean poop off the wall. <laughs> Beeks can say, say, say whatever he wants and scream about sovereign citizenship, but he'll go down in history as somebody seriously dangerous, PYT. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, meanwhile. Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney, the voice of Korra on The Legend of Korra. And me, Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko on The Last Airbender and General Iroh on The Legend of Korra. Each week we'll recap and discuss another episode of The Last Airbender. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but... Amazing guests stop by from creators to cast to super fans to chat all things Avatarverse. Are we saying that this is possible in the Avatar universe? Varney, we gotta spread the word. Now fans can also check out our weekly video pods too by subscribing to the official Avatar YouTube channel. That's a lot of fire, isn't it? That's right, we're on video this season, everybody. So whether you're a super fan with encyclopedic knowledge or you're brand new to this incredible world, it's Fire Nation time, Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Brave the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. You know, folks, I spend most of my time right over there combing over the day's news, selecting only the highest quality and most topical bonded calfskin leather stories, carefully tanning them and cutting them with millimeter precision 
then weaving it together in a double-face intracciato pattern to create for you the exquisite Bottega Veneta clutch that is my monologue. But sometimes, while at a rave in a condemned cement factory, I get injected with a mystery cocktail of hallucinogens and paint solvents, then obeying the voices who will steal my teeth if I don't, I stumble into a shipyard where I rip the canvas tarp from a gravel truck and tie it off with a rope from a rotting fishing net, then wander a food court filling it with what I think are gold coins but are in fact other people's car keys, <laughs> to drag around the rootless transients cluster sack of news that is my segment. Coming home, baby. It's like being kissed by your mom. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> researchers at Georgia Tech have discovered a massive Marvel plot hole. Thanos couldn't have snapped while wearing a glove. Amazing! They found an unrealistic thing in a Marvel movie. <laughs> also, quick follow up, scientists. How's that cure for cancer coming along? Just check it. Now, the head researcher explained that he was skeptical right from the start, saying, I was like, no way can that Thanos snap with that infinity gauntlet. I bet, like, the softness of our skin has something to do with it. He's just following the time-honored scientific method, make an observation, ask a question, wonder why everyone's leaving the party, <laughs> sit alone in bed and tell yourself that if Wonder Woman were real, she'd think you were interesting. <laughs> Meanwhile... In Canada, a deer was seen wandering in Alberta town with antlers full of Christmas lights. Oh, boy. So always happens at Santa's office Christmas party. Blitzen gets blitzed and then jealously tries to outdo Rudolph. You're not special, Rudy. You were born like that. This took thought, you freak. <laughs> Blitzen's not nice. Blitzen is the mean one. You can tell. Meanwhile, we're all hoping for breakthrough technologies to free us from depleting the world's precious resources and polluting our oceans. And this week, we learned that scientists just made plastic out of salmon sperm. You know, that highly renewable and extremely plentiful resource, salmon sperm. <laughs> Next, I hear they're going to make gasoline out of tiger bones. Of course, the trickiest part of collecting salmon sperm is asking the salmon to go into that little room with a cup and a copy of Blowfish magazine. <laughs> Apparently, strands of DNA from salmon sperm were dissolved in water and mixed with ionomers to create a gel that can be molded into various shapes. And the scientists molded a small white mug. And I believe we have uh, some footage of that mug being made. We're gonna need a lot more salmon sperm. Never seen the movie. I hear it's great. Never, I've never seen it. Never seen the movie. Meanwhile, the Jamaican government launched a campaign about how great weed is. I think they know that, Jamaica. They learned it from watching you. We'll be right back with Jeff Goldblum. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome back, everybody. Folks. Thanks, everybody. Folks, I got to tell you, you are in for a real treat tonight because the ever-fascinating and ever-fascinated Mr. Jeff Goldblum is going to take the Colbert questionnaire. Now, as you all know, the Colbert questionnaire is the Late Show's scientific way of distilling everything worth knowing about a celebrity down to 15 simple questions. And I had the privilege of administering the Colbert questionnaire to Mr. Goldblum when he stopped by in early November. However, because he takes so many pauses in between words, we didn't actually finish till this afternoon. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to truly know Jeff Goldblum. Jeff, listen, you know I love having you on. Every time you're on here, it's a delight. I feel energized, like I'm hooked up my battery cables to you. But as much as I enjoy talking to you, we've done it uh, quite a few times over the years, it's still hard to get to know somebody in this short period of time. Yes, Do you sir. understand? Like, it's hard to plumb the depths of someone else's soul yeah. in 10 to 12 minutes, however much time we have on a given night. Yes, I know. I have 15 questions here yeah. that if you're willing to answer them, and I want you to think seriously about this, that if you're willing to answer them, at the end of these questions, you will be known. Okay, do you understand that? Are you willing to be known, laid bare, like parts on a lawn for people to stare at your soul underneath the golden sun? Yes. Yes. Here we go. Question number one, are you ready? Yes, I am. Jeff Goldblum, yeah. what is the best sandwich? The best sandwich is, um, uh, this may sound like bragging, and I'm just, just sorry because I am bragging. I was invited once to uh, Milan in Italy for a, a, um, a fashion show, and I was seated between Claudia Cardinale and Sophia Loren. Wow. That is a, that is a nice neighborhood. In other words, I was, I was sandwiched between them. That's our show, Drive Safely. Please drink responsibly. Drink responsibly. What right. is the one thing you own, Jeff Goldblum, that you should really throw out? A good question. Uh, well, I'll tell you, now that you've brought it up, you know, I'm the kind of person, if you really want to get to know me, uh, I'm a minimalist, and since I was a kid, this is true, I, I, I had a, a, uh, a yen to eliminate things. So I like to throw things out. I love it. Uh, I like to recycle things. I like to get rid of things. What's on the bubble right now? What's 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 has is not long for this world. Having said that, I just I've got in my closet uh, four pair of pants that I'm thinking of, and I just when the day I flew here, yet was it yesterday? It was yesterday that I went to a store and I bought one. New pair of pants that I really am kind of in love with that will replace those four. Did I just spit on you? I'm That's so all right. sorry. That's all right. No, I did. There it is. It's right there. There you go. There you Actually, go. I there you that go. To the lab. The um, the uh, so so this one pair of pants is going to replace these four, and those four are headed out as soon as I get home, and they'll be recycled. Do they know? Do they know? Uh, they're pants. They don't know. They they they, they, they know. They you know. Think they do. But but you anyway, don't, they're going. You don't personify objects. 
I have trouble throwing things away because as I go to throw it in the trash can, it goes, why? Really? And then I go, all right, you can stay in my closet a little longer. I'll help. You know, I sometimes thought that my second career would be to go to other people's uh, houses and help them get rid of stuff. Oh, my God. How fun would it be to shoot a piece where Jeff Goldblum comes to my closet <laughs> and tells me what I can save and what gets thrown away? Let's throw, let's throw it out. It's Did you read You're that booked. book? Did you You're read booked. that book, that tidying up book? Sure, sure, sure. We had her on, Marie Kondo. I love her. Hey, yeah, I'm, sure. all, I'm into it. Tidy yeah. up, tidy up. What's the scariest animal? The scariest animal? Mm -hmm. uh, T Rex, Velociraptor, or the housefly? <laughs> the gamut, the gamut. Yeah. Okay, apples or oranges? Or the human animal. Also very oh, scary. Deep. Uh, deep. Apples or oranges? Uh, interesting question. The correct answer, <laughs> because, because you can spread peanut butter or any nut butter, almond butter, any nut butter on it, is banana. <laughs> is banana. But there is, the real answer is they're equally good. I'm going to send you a case of pink lady apples and navel oranges, and you'll see how they're... When are, are you actually going to do this, or is that just a showbiz? I'm going to send you things. No, I'll, I'll send. I'll send it to you. I'm not forcing you. I'm just asking you. I've got my own apples and oranges. I make a fine living. I don't need. I don't need your fruit, Jeff. My my word is my ward bond. <laughs> ward have, bond. If you ever saw the Searchers, he's in the Searchers. Lovely actor. Have you ever asked someone for their autograph? Uh, yes, I'd like your autograph. But I did, I, you know, I did ask somebody for my autograph. Oh. I had a friend, do you know Bruno Kerber? Remember that wonderful actor? Oh, wonderful. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, we were pals. We went to see Muhammad Ali in Zaire uh, on closed circuit. We had the best night of our lives. We were wild fans of his. Did you go to the Rumble in the Jungle? On closed circuit. On closed But you were circuit. in Zaire. No, no, on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, you said I went to go see Muhammad Ali in Zaire on closed circuit. Yes, on closed he circuit. He was in Zaire, you were not. I, no, I was at the theater in closed circuit. Uh, 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 I thought I made that clear. Uh, but, um, but I later met uh, Muhammad Ali, and I went up to him. I said, champ, I love you. I've loved you for my whole life. And uh, he said, you scared me. I said, well, he said, I saw the fly. Hey, where do you live? Uh, someday I may knock on your door and come visit you. I said, I, I love that champ. Anyway, when Bruno turned 30, I sent a boxing glove to the champ and said, can you say to Bruno, keep on punching? He sent it back. It said to Bruno, keep on pushing. <laughs> and I think he upgraded it. I think he upgraded it. Sure. Pushing is more, pushing the envelope, I think he must have meant. Sure. Is more important than... I agree. I agree. I'm sure that's, what he, sure that's what he meant. That's my, that's okay. my answer. When we come back, Jeff Goldblum lists his 25 favorite action movies. Stick around. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the stunning finale of Jeff Goldblum versus The Colbert Questionnaire. What's your favorite? What's your favorite action movie, Jeff? Okay, I was prepared. I, I knew that you might ask me that. Now, this is a work in progress. Um, I'm going to. I, I, can't, I'd be, I can't say one, 
But here are a bunch of movies. Very quickly. Is that just a tiny version of the Rubiat of Omar Khayyam? What do you, what do you have there? What is that? It's my, it's my notes. You know, I did it all through the, the world according to Jeff shorthand? Goldblum. Is that shorthand? No, it's not. I have a doctor's and horrible scribble. No, you couldn't read that though. It's just my, it's my printing. I don't do. Um, What's it called anymore? What's that called? That my kids are learning to do. It's cursive? Cursive, cursive. I, I, I haven't done that for a long time. You don't join your letters? No. Okay. No. Um, favorite action movie? It's one of these. Listen closely. Seven Samurai, mm -hmm. Kill Bill, mm -hmm. Team America World Police, <laughs> Skyfall, Casino Royale, the Daniel Craig, Goldfinger from Russia with Love, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, uh, Treasure of the Sierra Madre, uh -huh. A French Connection, Apocalypse Now, Lawrence of Arabia, Isle of Dogs, No Country for Old Men, uh, Jurassic Park, Rio Bravo, One-Eyed Jacks, Bullet, Jaws, Badlands, uh, Blade Runner 2017, Dune 2021, Bonnie and Clyde, Raiders of the Lost Ark, or Mad Max Fury Road. 25. Really? It's a 25? That's 25. Wow, Nicely you're done. like Rain Man. Nicely done. I didn't know how to... I have fingers. So what... Uh, really? So one of those... I don't know. Anyway, that's my answer. I don't know one of those will be... All right. You know, pick, pick one. Okay. Favorite smell? Oh, I, have, I have a few. Very, very quickly. Uh, fresh air. The loamy, loamy earth. Rain. My kids. I got a six-year-old and a four-year-old boy. Just to pick one, their hair, their hair. And then Emily, I think her neck, right there, right, right wow, there. Wow, wow. You had three of the elements. You had air. Fire, you had fire. You had, you had, you had earth, you had uh, uh, water, yes. and then you were about to go for fire. Fire, what's fire water? smell like? Well, fire, oh, fire can smell delightful. A nice, cozy fire, depending on the logs. That's a great smell. Depending on the logs, depending on the logs is a great modifier to every sentence. <laughs> depending on the logs, this you could read, be good. When you read the fortune cookie, you just end it with depending, depending on, on the, the logs. logs. Exactly. Makes sense. Or the, the, a new album by Earth, Wind, and Fire, how that smells when you first take it out. Oh, yeah. A delicious smell. Most used app on your phone. Uh, here's the truth. Uh, I appreciate the navigation app because... Uh, I was never going to the maps or my, you know, that's very helpful. But the most used is um, two of them, Google. I, I, I think it's amazing that we can go, what's, the, what's another word for, you know, da, da 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 I can look up a thesaurus there. I can look up everything. It's fantastic. Instead of going to the library, which sure. was great. Also, YouTube. You can see an old, you know, clip of uh, Thelonious Monk uh, or, or a comedian that we like, London Lee or something. What's the last thing you looked up? What last video you looked up to, to watch on YouTube? I'll tell you. I was listening to things today. I'm kind of a little bit in a cycle down a rabbit hole with shows, podcasts with physicists. I've been Ooh, listening have to... you ever watched Richard Feynman's lectures on uh, on YouTube? Fantastic. No. Really? Fantastic. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I dig. Aren't they great? Isn't it yeah. great that you can get that? Yeah. It's fantastic. I will tell you what my last one was. Thanks for asking. My last one was uh, I looked up uh, Antonio Gades. I'm sure I'm saying his name wrong. He's a great flamenco dancer. And I bet, I bet you've attempted flamenco. You've got the body for it. 
Thank you. Thank you. Long. It's that long, lean thing. Uh, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Him dancing the Faruka. Check it out. The okay. Faruka. All right. If I changed my name, it might be Faruka Goldblum. <laughs> Cats or dogs? Well, I tell you. Well, I've already told you. The um, we did an episode of the first five that are coming out of the world according to Jeff Goldblum on dogs, and we have who, who appears in it. Our personal dog right now, Woody, our family dog. Mm -hmm. Woody is in it. Uh, I'm totally in love with dogs, and I've had dogs throughout my life. Even though I had a couple of cats for a while, and there's nothing wrong with cats. They're delightful. <laughs> but, uh, but, but you know, if I had to pick, I'd say I'm a doggy, doggy man. Okay. You only, get, you only get one song to listen to for the rest of your life. What is it? A very, as you know, very difficult question. Um, uh, uh, because I, I, I'm a guy, if I, even though there are songs that affect me, have affected me tremendously, and I put them on the thing, once I choose it and listen to it, I get kind of out of steam with it very quickly. I would rather, if it's my, if I had my druthers, I would put on the radio, a good radio station or have somebody curate or surprise me. I like surprise, so I wouldn't, I'd like not to choose. But if I had to, there have been, <laughs> there have been songs uh, that I've gone through cycles with. The two that come to mind are when I was, oh boy, 13, when it first came out on a 45, I had Stevie Wonder doing uh, For Once in My Life. You know that recording with that solo that he's got. It drove me absolutely crazy, and I played it over and over and over and again. Then there was a time recently where Errol Garner <laughs> plays uh, El Dorado. Have you ever heard him play El Dorado? Oh, it's great. You can see it on YouTube. And I played that over and over again. It's great. So that tickled me. So those two, if I had to pick something. One of those two. Yeah, I guess. What number am I thinking of? Uh, oh, that's easy. 4,128. I did it. I don't know how. I'm getting chills. Describe the rest of your life in five words. Oh, that's a tough one. When you're hot, you're hot. When you're not, you're not. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, I got it. I got it. All you need is love. Jeff Goldblum, congratulations. You are known. I'm known utterly. Welcome back to The Late Show. Folks, last Friday, Stephen Sondheim, a man whom I consider to be the greatest composer and lyricist in the history of American theater, passed away at the age of 91. But his extraordinary legacy will live on. Because as the man himself said, art is infinite, it has no beginning and no end. In September, I had the extraordinary privilege of sitting down with the man. And I'm incredibly grateful I had the chance to tell him how much his work has meant to me personally. And tonight, I want to share with you an extended version of that conversation because I enjoyed every minute of it. And I hope you will too. Please welcome to The Late Show, Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> Hi there. 
nice to, it's nice to see you again. Thanks for being Good here. Seeing, yeah. You know, I got a chance to interview a couple of times at uh, the Colbert Report, and and one of the things that you said to me then was that as as a young man, you were lucky enough to be mentored by Oscar Hammerstein II. I've got a photo of the two of you right here. Oh, there oh. You are. that's uh, was there's Hammerstein. There's you. Sixteen years, sixteen years old. You haven't changed at all, kid. You look, <laughs> you look fantastic. For the you know, for the people out there, the burgeoning uh, Sondheims out there. What is it that he taught you that still sticks with you today as a composer and as a lyricist? Uh, majorly, majorly, he taught me to write for myself because I, I wrote songs that imitated him. He said, no, write what you feel. Uh, if, you know, if, uh, he said, this is what I feel about you know, love and humanity. You write what you feel. And that was important because you'd think that would be natural, but it's not. It's not. Particularly... If, if you think highly of the person that you're imitating, which I did. Sure. Yeah. How long did it take you to, you know, it's not a switch you can flip. How long no, no. Uh, no. It took me, uh, it, well, I was writing a, a score. I was writing a, a musical right after I got out of college. And it took me the time it took to write that musical. The musical ended up not very good, but I'd learned my lesson. And, uh, and it sounded like me, which wasn't necessarily the best thing. Well... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hey, welcome back to Broadway. This is a Broadway house yeah. that we're in right now. Right, yeah. And um, it was the odd thing is, is that Oscar Hammerstein II, his uncle built this theater right now. This Arthur. was the Hammerstein Theater, Arthur yep. Hammerstein, and named it after Oscar's grandfather, Oscar Hammerstein I. Right, exactly. Well, he also built one on 40, that is now a movie house on 42nd Street. Sure. The Hammerstein Opera House. Yeah, he lost this one in 29 or something. Or, oh, or is that the it? Beginning of the Depression, CBS bought it. I never understood And it. turned it into a studio, oh, exactly. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, right. Hence Ed Sullivan. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, well, you're, are you still writing, by the way? Yes, I am. You are? Well, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Not everybody composes into their 90s. Now, I, I've been working on a show for a couple of years with a playwright named David Ives, mm -hmm. and um, it's, it's called Square One, and um, we had a reading of it last week, and we were encouraged, so we're going to go ahead with it, and with any luck, we'll get it on next season. You, you and your collaborator... <laughs> you and your collaborator, James Lapine, wrote a book called Putting It Together, which is about the two of you creating Sunday in the Park with George. What, what's your favorite part about working with Lapine? Oh, James is, um, he will, he's a generation younger than I, and he will go anywhere. He'll try anything. Uh, I, I was brought up more conservatively, which is, the number has got to be, or the scene has got to be perfect before you go into rehearsal. And he said, no, let's see where we go. Let's see, see how it goes. So it's the improvisatory uh, aspect of his generation, and uh, that was very good for me. It loosened me up, and that was that was uh, a great deal of fun to write with him for just that reason. Well, I I, I was n nicely enough. Um, uh, I got a, a, a note from uh, James Lapine asking me if I would blurb the book. Oh boy, thank and, you for that. That blurb is and great. And I, I want to just read it to these people out here because it's Please. a true story, and I'd love to say it to you. You may already know this, but when I was 19, I read the lyrics of putting it together to my mother to say that this is what I wanted to do with my life. 
even though I had no idea of what this might be. Mm. I couldn't sing like Mandy Patinkin, I couldn't compose like Sondheim, I couldn't write or direct like James Lapine. But like Seurat's hat, that play was a window from this world to that. And I will always be grateful to you for laying out the, the desire and the beauty of the act of creation itself, regardless of where that may take you. When I read that, I was touched, and I'm touched again. Thank, so thank you. For the rest of my life. Thank you. Now, uh, Broadway fully open this week, which is yeah, fantastic. Yeah, isn't that great? And soon, a uh, company, uh, your, your, your musical company, is coming back in November, this time swapping the gender uh, of male-female of Bobby and right. the other members of the cast. Have you seen it yet? Oh, yeah, I saw it in London. And also, it, we had a week of previews here before the pandemic closed everything down. So, so there. It's a wonderful production. Highly recommend it. And... Um, I don't usually tout my own stuff, but I urge everybody here to see it. <laughs> I have a date with Christine Baranski. She's yeah, taking yeah, me. She asked me oh, to go with her. You're going to have such a good time. It's really one of the most entertaining evenings I've ever had in the theater. It's just great. And this lady, Marion Elliott, who directed it, is just remarkable. Well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I mean, it's got a lot to live up to, though, because as you know, I was in a production Lincoln Center of Company in 2010. That... And I have a bone to pick with you about that. Oh, really? Do you know why I have a bone to pick with you? What no. it is about? No. Is that so? You know, we didn't get to rehearse with each other or with the orchestra until the very until last the very day. Last Literally, minute. to the yeah. day we opened, we yeah. were just. I was working with somebody with a T-shirt on that said Patty Lapone on it. Like we didn't actually <laughs> get to be with each other, and never in front of uh, the orchestra with the musical director Paul Gimignani, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Right. So. I got one chance to sing my song, literally right before they closed the house and brought the audience in, to sing my song, Sorry Grateful, with a Philharmonic. And I'm about to open my mouth. Here comes the swells of the, you know, the strains mm -hmm. lead to the show. And Stephen Sondheim walks down the aisle of the theater and sits in the front row right before my song begins. And I have flown with the Thunderbirds. I have gone with the uh, down in a toboggan with the World Championship bobsled team. I have jumped off of bridges in New Zealand. Jesus. And the most terrifying thing I've ever done <laughs> is open my mouth and sing Sondheim in front of Stephen Sondheim. Do you, you had to know the effect that was going to have on me when you sat down there. Do you know why I sat in the front row? Why? Because I wanted to see the look of th the thrill on your face when you heard that orchestra behind you. You must have thought, I'm on top of a mountain. I mean, it, it is an extraordinary feeling to be in front of the Philharmonic oh, and ride man. the wave of all that oh, beauty. No, absolutely. You're just afraid you might drown. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you did all those athletic things. That's news to me. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, 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 a, I'm a real athlete. You should watch the show more. <laughs> I'm very sporty, Steve. Uh, no, no. I'm very sporty. You're fearless, obviously. Now, uh, uh, in December, we'll get to see Steven Spielberg's version oh, of West Side yeah. Story. Mm -hmm. And uh, you've visited the set. Here we go. There's another. There you are with Steven Spielberg on the set. Oh. You visited while they were shooting. Yeah. What, what can you tell us? What, oh, what do you it's, know? it's terrific. Again, touting my own work. No, it's really <laughs> terrific. Everybody go. It'll, you'll really have a good time. <laughs> and for those of you who know the show, there are going to be some real surprises in it because Tony Kushner, who wrote the screenplay, has done some really imaginative and surprising things with the way the songs are used in the, in the, in the story. 
and um, the whole thing is has real sparkle to it and real energy, and it feels fresh. It's just it's really first rate. And movie musicals are hard to do, and this one, Spielberg and Kushner really, really nailed it. Well, it's lovely to see you again. Thank you for coming on. Oh, my and I look pleasure. forward to Square One. Oh, my my <laughs> Square One indeed. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more.